Hello, fellow Gritizens. Do you believe in your ability to navigate life's obstacles, but you're not always sure where to start? Well, lend me your ear, because here on Grow My Grit Podcast, we gather strength and inspiration from real people navigating real obstacles in real time with grit. I'm so grateful for the chance to connect guests and listeners who are ready to know, grow, and show their grit, perhaps best described as one's default settings in the face of obstacles. With our individual grit compass as our guide, one of the biggest opportunities available to us is identifying the strengths we already possess and we reliably bring to challenging situations. These insights into ourselves and into others allow us to explore obstacles with renewed passion and purpose. Are you ready? Welcome to Grow My Grid Podcast. I'm so grateful that you've all made time to be here today. And with us is Danielle Jaworski, whose work helping female entrepreneurs to up-level their presence and elevate their visibility is rooted in her own failure to be visible in her first business. Today, she's a creator and host of The C-Suite on Rogers TV, a business mentor for local small business centers, and in 2023, was in the top 10% of submissions from across Canada for the Total Mom Pitch. Excelion Magazine dubbed Danielle as the visibility queen for her work supporting business owners to conquer their visibility fears in ways that align with who they are and where they are in their business and visibility journeys. She's a disruptor sharing hashtag visibility truths and normalizing the visibility journey so that CEOs stop hiding and playing small and start accelerating the growth and impact of their businesses. Danielle lives in Southern Ontario with her husband and kids with two and four legs. Thank you so much for being here, Danielle. If you could start by telling us how you define your grit, please share your G, R, I, and T words that really reflect what you do when it's time to do hard things. Okay, so it was really interesting going through and picking these words and really narrowing it down because it really it presented this opportunity for me to really sit and reflect back mm. on all the challenges I've had, especially as an entrepreneur and in my career, and how did I overcome them? Mm. What were the stable things and like that were there consistently every single time? So the grit words that I chose were G was gratitude, R was resilience, I is imagination, and T is trust. Gratitude really came from this sense that it was something I never really did until I became an entrepreneur or really heard a lot about, uh, heard a lot about mm. until going down that personal growth path and choosing to start really understanding more about who I am. So the gratitude, it came from understanding that there's something, just being grateful for where you are. And I have to say that along my journey of, you know, in my corporate career and then becoming an entrepreneur, having to return to corporate, mm. and then becoming an entrepreneur again after really overcoming my own visibility fears, it became, I saw a lot of growth, which mm. is fantastic. But it wasn't until I actually started having a lot of gratitude for the great experiences I had, the mm. not so great experiences as well, because mm. there's, I find now these days, there's more learning in the things that don't go well or just didn't go your way uh, years ago. So this idea about gratitude is just being so grateful and this 
for the good and the bad, the ugly, mm. the the you know the ugly cry that has to happen. Mm. But just being grateful for that because they've allowed me to step to where I am today. They've helped me to shape myself into who I am today. And then it's about not just about me, but everyone around me, the people that have been a part of my life, a part of my journey, and everything that I do. So that's the gratitude piece. So that was G. R is resilience. And I chose that word because I've come up against so many challenges, mostly mm. within my own mind, mm. <laughs> not necessarily people, but mostly within my own mind. And for me to get to where I am today, it's really required me to have resilience, to look at all the challenges that have been happening and to just keep moving forward. Sometimes I've taken three steps back and you know three steps forward and 10 steps mm. back. But I've always had this clear goal of what it is that I truly want ever since I you know, I was in business the first time and I failed my visibility and I returned to corporate and I had this idea and this dream that's a desire. Like, okay, I had to keep moving towards it. So with the different challenges that my life has has put in front of me, my business has put in front of me and the path that I've chosen to walk on for life is that resilience to change, to obstacles, to people, to my own self and mindset mm. that has allowed me to continue to keep moving forward. So that's the R. The I is imagination. And this is something where when I was younger, when I, I don't know, maybe you felt the same thing when you were a kid, imagination, it was endless. Mm -hmm. And we could sit, this is way, I'm, you know, in my 40s. And mm -hmm. so it was way before the internet and computers and things like that, where we had to really just entertain ourselves. Mm -hmm. We got to use our imagination all the time. Mm -hmm. And when I was younger, I started to get into more creative activities as well. So I I started playing the piano when I was really young. I went to a performing arts school mm. for four years where I studied drama, strings, and vocal arts. Mm. Um, if anyone ever remembers, if you're, again, my age, and you remember the show Fame, it was something very similar to that where mm. we put on performances. I was on big stages. And as much as I am shy and introverted, I loved it. I came alive. Mm. As I got older, though, I got more interested in sciences, so I became much more analytical. Okay. And I felt that my my imagination, I'm like, well, I don't need it. I'm not being creative, so mm. I'll just use this analytical mind. Mm. But the imagination, I find, though, it's really become really important for me because that's the sense of creativity. Yeah. So even when I was in these analytical professional corporate roles, and I was in very heavily regulated industries, and I had to do a lot of problem solving and continuous improvement mm. within a box, so yep. I had to get really creative mm. working within the box of regula you know, regulatory bodies. As an entrepreneur, this is where I find I've just really now thrived, is using this imagination to not just problem solve creatively, but really sit and see imagination as a gift and this beautiful skill that when I use it and allow myself to open up to whatever thoughts kind of flow in my mind or ideas and just running with it, Beautiful things have always happened. Mm. So I've learned how to create this space where it's okay to imagine. And then yes. when you think of things or feel things or you envision things, then you start taking action on them. It's yes. so powerful. So I really learned how to really harness that imagination. I'm really, that's something I'm actually working on right now is how do I be more creative? How do I really tap into that imagination at a deeper level and then really seize the opportunities that my imagination is showing me? Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the I. And the T is trust. For me, trust is something, and it's trusting other people. It's also learning how to trust myself, trust my intuition, trust that inner guidance, and trust that I can take leaps and sometimes smaller steps 
and that I'm going to be okay. Mm. That I have enough experience behind me. I've got a great support system around me so that if I, you know, I don't want to say fail, but things don't turn out exactly <laughs> how I wanted them to, it's okay. I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. And I've got people around me who are going to support me. Mm-hmm. So it's learning how to trust in myself, especially myself, because yeah. that's something I, I really wasn't doing up until my 40s. Mm. So learning how to trust that, that, you know what? Even though I've, I've taken a very different career path than what I studied to do, yep. it feels good. And I have to learn how to trust that feeling mm-hmm. versus always that analytical thinking and knowing. Yes. That is such an incredible visual. As for listeners who can't see, I'm watching you and your <laughs> face is lighting up and your arms and your fingers are just absolutely scintillating with passion for this experience you've had. And what I love about the combination of words is that every time you reference the word, it came to your insides. There was an internal component that really put in context everything you've done and everything you want to be. So it was neat to watch your past, future and present selves kind of interact in that description. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. And what I love to also ask is, do you feel that your grit words compete? Do you feel that they cooperate or do you feel like they connect with each other? I think they actually, they absolutely connect with each other. Like one, it was required to have the other. So I'm, I'm, gr- I'm grateful and have gratitude for the ability for me to trust. I'm mm. grateful for this sense of imagination that I've allowed to to grow and I'm just, I'm open to exploring. And then the other, but the, in the resilience is sometimes you, your imagination, like my imagination shows me different things or different people to connect with or these ideas. And you don't necessarily see the outcome. So you take action on them, which is great and you feel really good, but then you're kind of sitting there waiting, well, I'm not seeing any immediate action. So that's where the trust has to come in. Mm. And the gratitude for being able to be patient and just again, trust that I had this idea is coming from somewhere. I don't know where I'm not going to question it, but I had this idea. I could see the end result in my mind Mm. and I'm taking the steps and trusting that and whatever challenges are coming up, it's the resilience to keep moving through them, to push past them, to soar over them, whatever the visual is that someone needs. And then just to be grateful for, okay, this is where I got, what did I learn? How am I going to take the next step? Stunning. Oh my goodness. So much enthusiasm. And again, just the connection that you're making between your experiences and possibility is just absolutely just charging me up. I love this so much. Yes. So thank you for that. And now you've made a lot of experience. You've, you've referenced a lot of your experiences. I really want to pull apart your, your journey because there's been so much, so many fascinating um, pivots and, and opportunities. So my first question is when you made the decision to leave a successful corporate career and become an entrepreneur in 2019, which of your grit words shone the brightest light on the challenging and uncertain path to building your Visabelle CEO business? Oh, that's such a great question. I got to say, like, when you gave me these questions, you sent them to me, I sat there and I looked at them and I said, what? Like, again, and this is a tribute to you and the curiosity that you have for your guests because it really made me sit and think, and this is what's unique about you because it really made me think. And I, when I look at my grit right now, in the moment when I, when I laughed, there definitely was no grit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have this mindset of gratitude. It was probably a word I'd never really heard of before or just in maybe in like little little sprinklings of it. And it was probably something to think, well, I have only like those people. And I'm using air quotes with my fingers right now too, everybody for a visual. Like those people talk about gratitude, but I don't just, it was so not in my vocabulary. Mm. The resilience for me, even at that time was my career at that point had just been very logical 
it was that, well, I went to school for this. And so I just, you know, logically, you take that next step and then you just kind of keep moving forward. And I loved jumping industries and I loved changing jobs. Mm. I love, cha- I love change. Mm. So for me, there, the resilience came after I decided to, to really leave and start going down a personal growth path and really understanding what do I want when it comes to my career. I had turned 40, literally on my 40th birthday. I sat there crying. Mm. My husband looks at me, he says, what's wrong? I said, yeah, I, just, I can't do this anymore. I can no longer live this life because I know it's my life because I'm physically here, mm. but it does not feel like my life. Mm. I'm done. I'm, mm. I'm tired. I'm Oh, like I'm just burned out. I'm everything that's negative yep. and I don't even know who I am. Mm. And this is no longer the right path for me. Yep. It, you know, it got me to be very successful. I was earning the income that I wanted to earn. You know, I had all those nice things in life, but I got to that point where it was just, I can't do it anymore. Yep. I just can't do it. So when I think back now, the grit was, you know, I, I had to trust my husband said, okay, we'll figure it out. Yep. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Mm. And the, the whole plan was I would only be off work for about four months and then return. So I figured I'd do the, you know, eat, pray, love thing. And yep. I'd be, you know, again, very analytical, mm-hmm. be back to work, no problem. But yep. it took many, many more years from that. So when I look back, I, I had to have a lot of trust. Yep. And my husband had a, had to have a lot of trust in me as well. I'm very grateful for him mm. in being able to support and carry our family so that I could go on this journey of discovering who am I? Yep. Like what is next for me? Because of what I'd only ever envisioned for my life since I was in university is no longer what I feel I'm, I'm here to do or what I want to do. What else then? Mm. Big, scary, big, scary question. So yep. it became... Again, a lot of trust and a lot of resilience to keep pushing past. So this fear that I had that, what, what am I going to do if I'm no longer title X? Mm-hmm. And if I'm no longer, you know, earning a certain income and I'm not working for a Fortune 500 company who I could ride their coattails mm-hmm. and their reputation, it became, I, I don't know what to do. So I think now I look back and like, yep, definitely. I needed a lot of grit to mm-hmm. get through those first few years to, um, being an entrepreneur the first time. And then in 2019, it was when I stepped out the second time, it's okay. I just, I learned, I had to be, I have to trust myself that I learned from what I did wrong the first time becoming mm-hmm. an entrepreneur and stepping out of corporate the first time. I was grateful and I had to really learn and dig deep yeah. to be grateful for that uh, entrepreneurial experience that didn't work out the first time. Mm-hmm. But again, what were their learnings from it? And then I really had to tap into the imagination where what I did before didn't work. Yep. So as an entrepreneur the second time, I have to do things differently. So mm-hmm. what is that going to look like? What does that feel like? And then the resilience to just, again, keep pushing past me because I find I'm my biggest judge. Mm. I'm my biggest barrier yep. to anything that's kind of put in my way. So I really had to be resilient around myself. I appreciate so many elements of that response. And the highlight for me is that reference that we are usually the biggest obstacle on our own path. What's happening in our minds is so familiar and so loud that it really ends up getting in the way sometimes and it's not to say that we can't understand and hear what we're thinking but it's that the paralysis that can that analysis paralysis sometimes yes. and that like oh but i but i'm I, it, it's okay and it's okay not to be okay with what is so i love that oh yeah. thank you so much for that you're oh, welcome and now kind of building on that i'm curious how did the other grit words kind of help you stay the course when you had to level up your leadership and change gears in your, in your career at the same time Oh, yes. 
And so that, I'm going to go back to when I stepped out of corporate the second time. Mm-hmm. And it was all because, so I, I was corporate until 40, decided to, to step off, became an entrepreneur. It didn't go so great because mm-hmm. I, I just could not be visible. I was afraid to about what I was going to say, what I look like. Mm-hmm. I hate, I had a fear of cameras. I didn't think I was pretty enough. I didn't have the right look, whatever the look was I had in my mind. Mm-hmm. I wasn't matching yep. that image. So when you can't be seen and heard in the business... You can't be found in hire, which means you can't grow your business. You can't earn the income you need to earn. So I had to make that choice to return. Mm-hmm. When I did, that's when I re- realized, and again, I had this thought around, I want to make sure other women, other entrepreneurs do not go through the same experience I did, where I had to return to the workforce after failing in a business. Mm. And there was a lot of shame. There was a lot of guilt. Mm. I racked up debt, mm. which I was not proud of. Yeah. And so it became, I don't want others to not grow in their business, to not survive and thrive mm-hmm. in their business because they they can't be visible. Yep. So I had this idea. Came, where it came from, again, I'm not quite sure. It was this idea for a TV show yep. where I was going to connect the career challenges, the career and business challenges of, of women to the solutions, the support, and the services of women entrepreneurs. Okay. To really connect the two, to connect problems to solutions, to connect the corporate to the entrepreneurial world. Mm-hmm. The barrier, and this is where the grit comes in as well, is the fact that, again, I had that fear of cameras. Yep. I had an absolute paralyzing fear of the camera. Mm. Again, not looking right, not sounding right. But this belief in the impact that could be created by creating this platform for others to be seen, to be heard, to grow, to overcome their greatest challenges, to thrive in their career or their business, that fear minimized. And the belief in the ability for me to do what I could do was greater than the fear, and that's where the action happened. So I had to trust when I learned how to write a, uh, a treatment for a TV show and learned how to pitch a TV show, I had to trust the process. I had to trust this idea mm-hmm. that popped into my mind. And then I had to trust each step. And I basically told myself, it was just, okay, I'm just going to take it step by step. So there's this big, scary show potentially mm-hmm. that I see in my mind. Okay, what's the first step? I need to apply. I need to pitch. Perfect. I did that. And I kind of crossed my fingers afterwards. A little while later, I got the email saying, hey, congratulations, we really want to explore this show idea with you. Can you come on in? And became, oh, shoot. Oh, no. Um, Okay, yes. Like, just Mm -hmm. take it to the next step. Okay, fine. So I went and I met with the the general manager of of Rogers TV in Waterloo Region. He kind of went through what the show would look like, what happens, what the next steps are. And I said, okay. I said, so what's next? He's like, well, we're going to do the show. Like, oh, oh, really? Okay. And it became that, okay, okay. Again, breathe. Mm. Uh, again trust okay we'll take the next step it was we had to find a producer so it just became a a lot of trust so I think if there's any of my great words I really had to use as I made this shift and transition in my career from I was working in corporate and I was doing the tv show which really became the catalyst and the platform Mm. for what the work that I do today there was a lot of trust and it was you know I had this idea I had to trust the idea and I had to trust that I could take the next step to get from where I was to having a TV show, which was this dream that, again, came from nowhere, I had to break it down into smaller steps and just trust, okay, I'm going to take the next step and I'll figure it out. And then when they said, okay, the show's going to happen and we're going to start taping, it became, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do on a camera. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to talk into a microphone. I don't know how to make my guests comfortable. 
So I, I went and um, sought out the resources and the services of an acting coach. Amazing. To walk me through how do I sit and how do I look at a camera and not just look at a camera, look into the camera mm-hmm. so that someone on the other side really sees me looking at them yeah. instead of that blank stare. And how can I be more comfortable and confident in my ability to host to best support my guests if mm-hmm. they're nervous to create that conversation? Because again, my whole purpose of doing the show was to make sure other women entrepreneurs were not and were, were successful and growing their businesses and being seen and heard. In order for them to do that, I pulled on a lot of my old experiences mm-hmm. of, I was uncomfortable, I didn't think I was good enough, I, I, who am I to talk about something, I'm not an expert. So I really wanted to make sure that they knew, my guests knew, I had their back. Mm-hmm. There was no ulterior motive. Yep. My job was to make them feel comfortable and confident and to set themselves, set them up for success and to position and promote them as the expert that they are. So when it comes to grit, like the T, it just kind of keeps popping out to me is I had to trust. I had to trust in the process. I had to trust in myself. I had to trust that I just needed to take that next step that would get me to where I really envisioned myself being. Stunning. I, I can't stop saying stunning and kind of illuminating <laughs> because again, another another incredible opportunity to just kind of pull a few things from what you said. One of the standout comments for me was that fear never actually goes away. It's just no. that the belief in what you're capable of doing gets a little bit louder. So listeners, again, I've heard this a few times from a few guests. Your example was quite poignant. But again, that that fear never really goes away. So it's not a matter of waiting till you're not scared to do something hard. It's just when yes. your belief in yourself and your capacity gets a little bit louder, that may be a good time to come in. And then you spoke too that you could see the end goal, but you broke that journey into manageable chunks or manageable yes. steps. So your focus was always on the next step. You can see what's far away, but that vision sometimes is intimidating. So really continue to remind yourself the discipline to look at the next step so you can take the next step. And then the third thing you said that, again, people need to hear is that you've been there before. You spoke to being motivated by surviving a few challenges and thriving as a result and wanting that for your guests. So you remind them that I've actually been there. I'm not, I'm an, I'm an expert in things not going well. Yes. <laughs> and I'm an expert in resilience and choosing to learn from what didn't go well and move ahead. Yes. Amazing. Oh my goodness. So much. And again, a couple of things you've alluded to, I'd like to kind of pull on. Because Excelion Magazine referred to you as the visibility queen for your outstanding commitment to helping female leaders and change makers become more visible so they can grow their businesses and create impact faster. And in your experience with entrepreneurs, what are the top two obstacles to showing up and how do you help your clients navigate those obstacles? Absolutely. So when I thought about this, I, I talk about something, I talk about really three, I break the biggest obstacles to being visible for entrepreneurs really into three things. I call them the ABCs of, of invisibility, because I've done lots of market research with, mm. um, with female entrepreneurs. I've led over 200 conversations with female entrepreneurs at the, I just have an idea stage to eight figures and really talking to them and talking about their visibility fears. They really kind of summarize down into the ABs and Cs. And I will be completely honest and vulnerable in saying that I've I've experienced these. Mm. And it's about really, this is where the visibility truths come in. It's about being really honest and open about what the visibility journey actually looks like as an entrepreneur. Because for me, I had no idea. No one was really talking about these things that actually happen. Yep. Um, and so that was a big barrier and a big fear and a challenge for me when I was an entrepreneur the first time. 
So where I work on now with on with uh, with my clients is, okay. So vis- the biggest visibility fears A, B, C. A is appearance. B are blunders, and C is confidence. Mm. So A is appearance. So the things that keep us invisible about our appearance are again. I I I talked about this earlier. I don't look. Yeah. We may think that we don't look, we don't have the right look mm. for whatever we th- think and we believe this image that we have in our mind of who we need to be yep. based on what we see others looking like. Mm-hmm. And it could be our own physical appearance. It could be the, the appearance of the background behind us. Yes. You know, not everyone has an Instagram worthy kitchen and living room and you know home design. Um, so there's this appearance and thinking that we're not good enough or we don't match this idea and this perception that we have mm-hmm. for others of what and what we think others might want to see what we look like or mm-hmm. sound like. So it becomes, there's this, there's this appearance for the barrier. And, you know, a visibility truth about that is it happens. We all have this, but it's all about really crafting and creating this really strong self-image mm-hmm. of yourself. And who do you want to be? Who do you want to be stepping into as you become more visible around your appearance? And understanding that where you are is not going to be where you stay. When I look at my first ever season one, episode one, guest one on the C-suite, oh my goodness, it's mm. kind of painful. You can actually still watch it on, on TV mm. um, and find on the internet. But it was just, I look back and it was so painful. I was deer in the headlights. Yep. I had like, no idea what I was doing. I was very cognizant that I did not want to talk too fast. Mm. So I did the opposite and I talked so slow. Mm. And if anybody has ever listened to someone talk really slow, it's almost as if time stops. Mm. So it's just understanding that where you start is not going to be where you stay. Create that image of who you want to look like, sound like, feel like. It's how do you want people to experience you and start making and working on one thing at a time. So it could be I I just want my my background to look more professional. Okay, so do you have one wall in your room Mm. that is blank? Or do you have a piece of art that you look at and you just love? It makes you feel really good. Put that behind you. We don't need um, like thousands of dollars in expensive backgrounds. It just becomes let your background be an expression of who you are. And as you grow, as your business grows, you're going to find different things about you and you'll want to put something different in your background or change the angle or go to a different room. But again, where you start is not going to be where you stay. B, when it comes to blenders, these are everything from I'm afraid of what about what if I freeze what if I stumble? And I've definitely stumbled a few times mm-hmm. <laughs> in yep. this conversation. What if I say something no somebody doesn't like? Mm. And then blunders is technology. <sighs> technology is great. Put your hand up. We love technology mm-hmm. until it doesn't work. Mm. And especially when it comes to the speaking piece, it's the, well, again, I know I don't know how to talk. What if I talk too fast? What if I talk too slow? What if I talk and all of a sudden it becomes... Oh, 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 what's that word? What's that word? And especially when you're live or you're recording like this, there's that extra sense of fear where we think we have to be perfect. Mm. Again, it comes from this idea of we look around and it's this belief of what we think ourselves, what we should, and I'm using air quotes again, what mm-hmm. we should look like and sound like and what the reality is. Yeah. Our guests, especially now and especially over the last couple of years, have become much more accustomed to people being real. Yes. For technology, not working. Because mm-hmm. I, I did a podcast one time. It was a video podcast. I needed to move my, my computer back. And literally, as I was putting it back, and the countdown timer was counting down, we're ready to go live in three, oh. two, one. I moved my computer back just a little bit, and I lost the video on my screen. 
the host could hear me and were very quickly saying, can you hear me? Yep. Can I hear you? Yep. Can I see you? Yes. Can I see you? No, that's okay. I will stare at it just in my camera. So I had a black screen. She could see me. No problem. She could hear me. That was, that was fine. Mm. As long as Mm -hmm. her end was good. So I did the entire recording looking at a black screen. Mm. So at the end of the day, I just stared at it, stared, not just stared at the camera. Remember you want to stare into the camera and just staring at that which actually became for me, it was fabulous because then I had to listen mm. and really listen to her because you can't see body movements to yep. understand, is she going to be finishing? What's she doing? How's she feeling? Is she connecting with what I'm saying? I had to really listen mm-hmm. and tap into that intuition and really hard, okay, is her inflection going up of her question or is it coming down? Is she finishing on something? So really connecting in on that. So the, again, the visibility truth is that, especially as you take bigger, bolder steps and becoming more visible, technology blunders are going to happen. Mm-hmm. As you start speaking uh, more often on the things that you know you're an expert in, it'll be much more smooth. Yes, And that's okay. And at the end, end of the day, if you stutter, if you freeze, it becomes, oh, you know what? That's reality. Have fun with it. Just say, okay, you know what? Help me describe this word I'm seeing in my mind. I just can't get out of my mouth. Like bring yes. people along the journey with you. And the C to finish off is confidence. A lot of times when I work with women, they say, well, I I can't do X. I can't go on a podcast. I can't do a video yet because I'm not confident. I had to bring out my confidence. And confidence, no. Visibility truth has nothing to do with confidence. Okay. It's confidence comes from knowing and having an idea around what the expected outcome is. You you gain confidence from experience. Mm -hmm. So when you've never done, say, a podcast before or a video before, you don't know what to expect. So you may not be confident in your ability to do it, Mm -hmm. but you can always pull on confidence of doing things you've never done before. Well, you know, I've done all these other things. I didn't know how to drive at the very beginning at 16 when I started to drive. Okay. I had no idea how to start a business the first time, but okay. Didn't do it so great the first time, but guess what? I'm going to learn from that. I've got some confidence in knowing what not to do. But confidence comes from courageous, from taking courageous action. Courageous action, this is going to link back now to what we were talking about, is that belief over fear. When you have a belief that that even just is, now it's 51%, your fear is 49%. Mm -hmm. When your belief just inches more than the fear, and it's now propelling you or pulling you, and you sometimes feel like you have no control over it, Belief creates courageous action, takes those steps. From those actions, you gain confidence in your ability to do something, to not do something, to understand, do you like to do something? Do you not like to do something? Do you want to do something or do you not want to do it again? Mm -hmm. But it creates confidence in knowing who you are, what you're able to do. And at the end of the day, your ability to move through your current challenge, to become more visible and identify what works for you what doesn't work and when things work for you and you feel so much more like yourself showing up that's when your audience is going to connect with you that's when being visible becomes more fun and that's when your audience is going to feel that and they're going to say how do i sign up yes yes and again so many powerful visuals coming from your answer and two i want to pull on are that sense of your comment to bring people with you so part of being visible is letting people see where you started let people see where you plan to be going let people see where you ended up. So it's not a matter of hiding some of those efforts to be courageous. And it's really not a matter of pretending you're not taking those scary steps. It's taking them with ownership of the choices you've made. And to your point, experience is the real undergirding. It's the underpinning of confidence. And without the experience and the ability to look back, 
confidence never really kind of becomes a thing. So it's this like the tautological, you just really have to keep doing that thing to see that you can do it and then drawing the parallel. So I love so much about that opportunity to see ourselves where we want to be and make sure other people are seeing us on our journey. Because that's, again, that's the point of being visible. It's not being perfect. It's being visible. I love that so much about that. And now speaking again, tying back to your clients, when you completed the Grit Growth Guide, you listed habits as the one area in your life that seems impossible for you to change, yet you've helped hundreds of women change their visibility habits so that they can be seen and heard. So of course, I have two questions for you. (laughs) One, if you were your own client, what insights would you offer yourself on the process of making changes? And then which of your grit words would be most important for you to take your own advice and approach the obstacle of changing your habits? Okay, let's break this up into the the two questions. Can Mm -hmm. you read the first question again? I certainly will. So if you were your own client, knowing that you've identified change as the one area in your life, uh, identifying habits as the area of your life where it may be hard to change, um, what insights would you offer yourself? So you came to yourself and said, you know what, I don't think I can change my habits, but you know also what, I have a history of supporting clients to change their visibility habits. So what would you tell yourself? Question one. Question one, fantastic. So it's understanding one, to change your habits, it's hard Mm -hmm. because they're habits, which means they are unconscious. You're just doing them naturally without any thought about it. To change them can be hard. So my advice to myself would be understanding that change can be hard, but change is made easier when you have a very clear goal Mm -hmm. of what it is that you're working towards, a strong why, what is that intrinsic motivator or that internal drive as to why I want to create the change. And then understand that change doesn't happen overnight. Um, It it will take time. But what can I do in my life to set myself up to make the change easier? Mm -hmm. So if it's, you know, my morning routine is what it is, but if I need to add something, something else in, what I'm doing now is I'm now starting to read in the morning, which is something new for me. So it becomes, how do I, how do I do that for myself? So I've got a checklist. I love checklists. Mm-hmm. I have a checklist that I've now added in reading okay. into my checklist. So it's it's a visual for me, and I'm a very visual person. So I need to see things. Mm-hmm. So I will see on my list. Okay, I have to add. I have to read, so I can check that off. And then I can I can say, okay, good, I I did it. Yeah. And then understanding too, and giving myself grace when I fail to do the the action that I wanted to take. It's okay. Give myself a little bit of grace, knowing that it takes time to change. But then also understanding that. What else can I do to create the change? Break it down. We talked about this before, breaking that big change into smaller steps so that they are more manageable. It's less overwhelming. And then how can I integrate the new actions or behaviors into something I'm already doing? So instead of having to do something else on top of everything else, how can I incorporate it into what I'm already doing, which means it makes it easier for me to to do it's not something added on top of i just get to you know integrate it in and so and then it helps to integrate that new habit faster amazing and then using that same insight from yourself which of your grit words would help you be able to make that integration help you be able to make that adjustment to your schedule knowing that you're already trying it in one way Absolutely. So it's the resilience that is the resilience of because life is going to happen and not every morning is going to be the same every morning. I've got a couple of dogs who sometimes like to get up at different times of the day and mm-hmm. in the morning. So it and I've got I have children as well. And depending on the weather, you know, I bring them into school or, or not whatnot. But it becomes the resilience of understanding that not everything is going to be the same every day. Yes. I do not have to be perfect. 
and understanding that I am probably not going, I'm probably going to fail Yes. and understanding that that's okay. Mm. But also seeing that when, when challenges come up that really make it more challenging for me to incorporate the new habit, sitting back and say, okay, so what's going on here? Is it something else going in my mind? Is it a mindset issue that's caused me? Am I being my own saboteur? I'm doing a little bit of self-sabotage going on or is something else in my environment changing? And one of the things I've learned as well, when you do mindset work and you do personal growth, is understanding that as you're growing, you're creating change. That's great. The change within you is happening. Your environment has to shift and change around you as well. So there's going to be that that messy middle where mm-hmm. things are all of a sudden like things are not feeling good. I feel like my routines are something's not feeling great and it feels kind of uh. Yep. And that's where for me and for so many clients that I work with, it becomes the well, it's just easier right now. Let's just go back. Let's just go back. Mm-hmm. But it's that resilient resilience to say, nope, like this is this messy middle. Yep. And it's actually a good sign. Yep. It's a sign that the right changes are happening. The growth is happening. Yep. And what, how you're shifting and seeing yourself, that internal change is now starting to be reflected externally, yep. which is a good sign. You just have to be able to see it that way. So it becomes that. So it's the resilience to, again, keep moving forward when the change, external change is happening and it's making you uncomfortable and it seems easier to go back to what was, is that resilience say, nope, I need to keep forward because again, that intrinsic motivator. Yes. Why am I doing this? What's the purpose of this? And what do I get at the end of the day Mm -hmm. when this change actually, or this new habit actually takes place? Yep. So find comfort in the discomfort until it's not uncomfortable anymore. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, We have that up at our (laughs) yoga studio. Yep. Find comfort in the discomfort. Oh my goodness. So much is happening in your business, in your life. And even thinking back to just last year, in 2023, you hosted the inaugural Visabelle CEO Conference, which was a major expansion of your offerings and the culmination of a new tier of client services. So using your grit words as chapters, tell us the story of how this incredible signature event went from an idea to a dream to reality. Oh my goodness, this is such a great question. It's so, it's so multidimensional, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. So use them as chapters. So the G, we'll start with, so chapter one is a G. And the event really came from this gratitude that I had for the women that supported me mm-hmm. in growing my business. There, No one grows their business alone. You can grow it alone, but it's gonna be a lot harder, yes. longer and more challenging. And that's something I learned from the first time to the second time, okay. was surround yourself with people who believe in you, who support you, who, again, trust you yes. and have no problem celebrating and showcasing you. Mm-hmm. So the so the event came from that gratitude of, I just want to give back to all the women that helped me and I want to help elevate them. I want to make them visible so that we can all grow together. I'm mm-hmm. all about collaboration and conversation. So that's really where the idea for the event came from. So I wanted, it was all about the gratitude. The resilience. So chapter two was the resilience where the fact that I had to really draw on that that R because this is something I'd never done before. Mm. It was bigger than anything I'd done group programs before. I'd done small, small events years ago, but this was much bigger. Again, my imagination, I had this idea of exactly what I wanted to do, how the whole day was going to flow and how it was going to look. And I had to find people who one believed in this idea that that I had and that could help me create it. Yep. And the challenges from I don't know if this is going to be successful or not. It was a financial investment that mm-hmm. I had to make 
and you're you're putting out a lot of money before ticket sales are happening and things yeah. are coming back. So there's a lot of resilience against that. Again, in myself, I was my own biggest critic mm. and that mind was, well, can can you do this? You've never done this before. You're going to a local in-person event where a lot of my audience, a lot of my followers and clients were not local. They were online. Yes. So there was the fear of, I don't have a big enough local audience to do this. So I had to really push through that and again, rely on my circle of, of um, believers to really help me move through that yes. and then actually create the event and keep moving forward with it. The I, I already talked about the imagination piece where again, I just, I had this idea and I don't know what I was doing when I had the idea. I just knew I wanted to again, give back. Yep. Then this idea came and I could literally see the whole day flow. And then I, mm. I put, quickly pulled, found a book and a pen, whatever pen. And I just started scribbling and this is how to flow. And this is how the room's going to look and everything, all the details. And then when I ha um, had a meeting with my event planner, it became, this is what I want. Yes. And I just showed it all to her, but I was so clear and confident because I'd already seen it yes. in my imagination. I'd already seen myself up on the stage that I was doing. And I'd already seen how the vendors were going to be uh, set up. Amazing. And when I found a space, I just literally stumbled upon because mm. I was looking actually for a space to do a little bit of another TV episode. I walked into this space and it wasn't the right space for an episode but as soon as I walked in there, it was the Sunday studio in, in Kitchener, downtown Kitchener. I walked in and I looked at the owner, uh, Amy, and I said, I have to use this space for something. Mm. Again, the imagination and yeah. the ideas. I think that's where the, the ideas really started flowing. I said, okay. So that's the imagination. Is again, just sitting there in that space and seeing, I saw it I saw. to like the room and the, the crowd being like just being full and I, I could hear in my imagination, I could hear the chatter and oh the, the conversations and the laughter of the women in the audience. So I just, that was the imagination piece. It was so powerful. It became okay. I had to get to the T now, yes, which is the trust. I have to trust that this vision is real and that I could actually make this happen when I'd never done it before. I didn't have the network around me, uh, that big local audience, um, but it just happened. Again, I had to trust that I could take the next step I had to trust that the people around me would help promote the event. Mm -hmm. I had to trust that the vendors would all come and then they would flow in. Yes. And it was amazing when I put that trust in myself and just the idea of the event, so many people appeared yes. that said, how can I help? I can't come, but how can I help? How can I promote? I, I've got a podcast. Can you come on the podcast to talk about it? Oh my can, I don't know someone, but I... I like I can't do it, but I, I know someone. Can I connect you? So it became all these beautiful synchronistic events. Yes. All because again, I had the gratitude. I'll start with the chapter one, the gratitude for the women who supported me on my journey, mm. having imagination and just running with it and letting it run wild. Yes. The resilience to push through again, my own mindset, my limiting beliefs telling me I can't do this. I don't know enough people. And then the T, which is the trust. Yeah. Gorgeous. There is just so much joy. And I really appreciate that you've just come across this framework. We just really met recently and I've just given you this opportunity to kind of pick your words, but you have absolutely embodied your grit. Every single story, every single answer is clear that you really know what you've done in the past. You know how you navigate challenging situations. You know that your community is really your best bet when you're betting on yourself, but also betting on your community seems to be this incredible, intricate work of art in a sort yes, yes. your your grit words feel like a work of art and the background and the 
foreground all seem to come back to community. So I love how I love how much you have invested in others, but also invested in yourself. And just that that the challenge of being visible is what created that support. So to your point, I can't come, said one person, but I know someone who's going to do this. Or I think I have an idea of what you might be looking for, and here it is. But if you hadn't been that vulnerable, visible person with the idea, then people couldn't have had the chance to support you. So just so much, I'm very grateful that your experiences have all come back to presenting yourself as you see it kind of rolling out. So just, I'm very taken by the intricacy and the interconnection between community and yourself. You are very inspiring in that capacity. Oh, thank you, Hayes. You're so welcome. And now, of course, LinkedIn, you are one of my LinkedIn idols. So (laughs) in a recent LinkedIn article, you posted that there's definitely a feeling and energy in the air that 2024 is going to be about massive transformation and massive change. Um, What will massive transformation and change look like for for Visabelle, CEO, and how do you think your grit will be your guide? Oh my goodness. I think, yeah, I think the massive change comes from, I think people are ready. People are ready and they feel this need and almost a calling to be stepping out as their authentic self, whatever that looks like and feels like for them. For me, when it comes to the, the visible CEO and, and the work that I do around visibility, it's really stepping up and stepping out to really, truly help people where and meet them where they are in their business and visibility journeys. Yeah. This actually means for me doing the opposite of what a lot of coaching and consulting was was doing over the last couple of years, which is you grow and you go into group programs. I want to go the other way. Mm. I really love getting in the weeds with business owners. As a coach, uh, and even as sometimes when I was consulting, it was you're very high level and you just you ask the right questions to help your clients really come up with their own answers and they take action on it. Yeah. Sometimes I I knew the solution and I, I could just do it and my clients would be struggling. Well, it's going to take me all this time. And yes, there's this whole component of ease and flow, but it became I can just do it for you. Because sometimes when people do things for you, you can move faster. You can move forward yes. so much faster. So it became really understanding. And a lot of women that I was talking to, they really wanted the one-on-one. Yep. They just becomes group is more affordable. Mm-hmm. So they do the group, but then they feel like they're not getting out of it what, what it is that they want. And I'm all about service, number one. And because of my corporate and entrepreneurial backgrounds, yes. my corporate background is I'm continuous improvement, innovation, adult learning, training, all yes. of that kind of stuff. I get to use all that to really create personalized visibility solutions. Okay. So what is your biggest visibility challenge right now? What are your business and visibility goals? Where do you see yourself at the end of the year? And how can we make that happen for you based on where you are today and where you see yourself at the end of the year um, from a visibility and a business perspective? Yes. And then what can I do for you? So as a business owner, you need to be everywhere. You need to be in different places. You need to be seen. At the end of the day, you need to be seen already in different elements of your business. But when you go into courses, you kind of have to become invisible and do all that invisible work to step out and change your business and grow it. So I want to do that invisible work. That way the business owners can stay visible, stay doing what they need to do, what they love to do, especially like stay in the the spotlight that you thrive in. Yes. And let me take care of those activities on the back end that people don't see, but are so important for you growing your business and visibility. And what does that look like for you? And how can I help support that and make that happen? Amazing. And again, another picture in my mind is this sense of we are all holding each other up. But in particular, your instance is saying that we are all doing hard things 
all the time. And as an entrepreneur, there is no end to the number of hard things that is available to you. But if you can identify the hard things that are going to increase your visibility, you work on those and those other hard things that still need to be done, the stepping stones, I'm willing to essentially be a stepping stone in a way or a a foundation. I'm I'm the first tier of bricks in your building of yourself. So I, Danielle, I'm going to take on some of those steps because they're all hard steps. But these few at the bottom, let me manage those steps so that you can take care of those other steps. So we together are creating your business. We're creating more visibility, more impact, but it's only by being clear on what the obstacles are and which ones I can take, which ones you can take. So together, again, there's just a beautiful component of cooperation and collaboration, which you said. That's one of the biggest messages that visibility is a challenging situation, but it's also an opportunity to collaborate. And once we can see that through experts like yourself, it's a matter of, okay, let's divide and conquer is really what Absolutely. I hear you say. Let's divide and conquer. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness, so fantastic. Now, of course, important question, where can listeners find you if they're looking for you online, if they're looking for you in person? How do we connect? Absolutely. So to find me online, you can head over to my website, daniellejaworski.com, or you can find me on social media. I am on LinkedIn, Danielle Jaworski, or on Instagram, Danielle A. Jaworski. Okay. So good. Thank you so much. Again, I really appreciate that. This is just something that I've sprung on you in some capacity in terms of (laughs) here's this incredible work I love to have people consider. And you've just gone so deep and literally taken this framework and really given us a sense of how knowing what it is that you've done, A, gives you a chance to refine what you're going to do in the future. And it also gives you a chance to inspire people who think those are accessible words and the way that they've powered you is inspiring. So again, thank you so much for your time. And I cannot wait to keep reading your LinkedIn articles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Hayes, so much for this opportunity and for really challenging me to get clear about my journey and to really embrace it and be grateful for it by having me do my grit, my grit word. So Mm. I appreciate you and I appreciate this opportunity. Amazing. Thank you. Welcome. Have a great rest of your day. Grow My Grit podcast, hosted by Hayes Sheffmeyer, is a production of Gritty Guru Company. This episode was recorded and mixed at Music Box by Jim Spiru. Music by Peter Willis. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. For more information about my book, Know, Grow, and Show Your Grit, Self-Discovery Made Simple, please visit growmygrit.com. Follow me at Grow My Grit and share this podcast on social media. Leave a review, take a screenshot of the homepage, and send it to friends or family members who will benefit from more grit. <laughs>